This is On the Block with Stricken Bach. Nebraska Basketball Hall of Famer and nine-year NBA vet, Eric Strickland. Strickland for three! And you're going to go out of here as the Big 8 tournament champion. 93-7 the ticket veteran and Bill Callahan fan club president, Jake Bakoven. I love Billy. Coming at you live from the Koppel Chevrolet GMC Studios in the heart of Lincoln, America. On air and online at theticketfm.com. Sponsored by the Mercado by Certified Piedmontese. This is On the Block with Stricken Bob. Hold up. Happy Tuesday to everybody out there. This is On the Block here on 93.7 The Ticket. I'm Jake Bachman. He is the Husker Hall of Famer and longtime NBA vet Eric Strickland. And we'll bring this show to you every weekday uh, here from 4 to 6 Central Time. Uh, I will be, uh, I was already announced, I will be going out to L.A. to see some family. And instead of the Lakers and Clippers uh, playoff games, which I was kind of hoping to see, uh, they ended up not making the playoffs, obviously. Spoiler alert. I might, I'm going to go to the USC spring game. Strick, what are you, would you be interested in a, in a spring game outside of the Huskers? I mean, I, I think from a standpoint of that, you know, they're they're making a shift down there and, and coming down from Oklahoma, what he's going to bring to the table, you know, what is their team going to look like? Um, I guess getting an inside view on that would be interesting to find out how they're going to look because it's been a little while when, since USC has been, you know, at the top of the, of the yeah. food chain as far as, you know, college football is concerned. And so it would be interesting to see if they're making a comeback. And UCLA was trying to break through, didn't quite do it. But, it, it, yeah, I would like to see kind of what USC would have to offer. Yeah, I'm mean, interested, too. Like, it's, uh, you know, part of it's just going to the Coliseum. I mean, it's one of the coolest, uh, uh, most historic. Uh, old school, yeah, yeah, very old school. Yeah, very so that'll be school. cool. I wonder if they got those jerseys. They used to have those big jerseys that they hung in, in part of it because, yeah, there you go, the victory deal. <laughs> um, because I don't know how, sometimes they had trouble getting too many fans in there. If USC's not good, L.A. doesn't care. They'll go, you know, they'll go watch something yeah. else or go to the concert yeah. or go to the beach or whatever. But when they are good, maybe you can take those big jerseys down and hopefully that's what they're going to do with Lincoln Riley. Uh, all I heard about is some bounce houses. So I said, oh, bounce houses. i got to be there, uh, obviously. Uh, I, we also were coming off talking about uh, 90, 1997. I wanted to get an update. I forgot to ask you yesterday uh, what the what the year was about 1996. So if you can kind of quickly run through both years, 96 and 97, what was Eric Strickland doing at the time? Well, 96 for me was obviously coming off of a, <laughs> a roller coaster ride of a season uh, there at the University of Nebraska, but also watching the success of the uh, other programs and then to at least finish off what was uh, a, a struggle of a season mentally, emotionally, and physically, and then to finish it off the way that we did with an NIT championship, which was the first national championship of, of any of, of, of a basketball uh, nature. So that was pretty cool. Oh yeah. Um, and then uh, in 97 was really kind of my rookie year getting back. Um, that was another roller coaster ride of emotion. I mean, making the team is all good and fine and dandy. And then all of a sudden you go through uh, the business part of understanding how the NBA works and that uh, you get released and, yeah. and it's a business, it's a business reason for the release, you know, otherwise they have to guarantee your money for the year. And, you go to the CBA and then you go through the uh, 
ups and downs of what the CBA is. And, and at that time, it was like the G League. And so um, to not be playing, to then having to be traded and you, you're, you're being traded in that and, and then come back to um, the Mavericks and, and find yourself signing a, a wonderful contract and, and being there and, and being a part of the growth and the process of success for what the Mavericks has become. Yeah, and I, I don't know if I've asked you this before, but it's kind of interesting. Did you have a chip on your shoulder as opposed to the other Dallas rookies? I don't know if they had. I guess I'd have to go back and look. Did they have oh, picks yeah. in, in 1996? Yeah, Samaki Walker was uh, oh, yeah. was a rookie then. Um, and then we uh, also traded for a guy named Martin Mirsep, who was um, he was playing in Miami in the time. He came over with Sasha Danielovich, who was uh, with Miami. In a trade, I think we sent Khalid Reeves down there yeah. or something like that, and uh, so he came over in the trade. So uh, there was a few of us rookies on that on that team that um, you know I, I got a chance to grow with, and we had Samaki on the block. And yeah, so, you didn't hold uh, that grudge for too long, partners. I guess. <laughs> yeah. huh? So so you didn't hold a grudge against him for being drafted then too much because you're no, still friends to no. this day. He was yeah. I mean, if you if you look at that photo, I mean that photo that was taken of that that rookie class was was one. Uh, that is of uh, to be remembered. I mean, he was in that picture. Um, you One know, of the you best had, dressed. <laughs> yeah, Tony Delk. Um, you had Steve Nash, and you had you know Ray Allen, Allen Iverson, who wasn't pictured in there. Uh, Stephon mm. Marbury, um, Marcus Camby, Antoine Walker. Um, so it was a it was a it was a good group. I mean, I could still go on. Yeah, well, Kobe was, was in that draft class, right? Kobe was in that yeah. as well. Yeah, Kobe was in that draft. So yeah, I mean, you know, Derek Fisher, but he wasn't in the picture. But um, yeah, you 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 have a chip on your shoulder. But here's the crazy thing about it: if you go back and track it, I think I might have been either third or fourth as a rookie in 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 scoring. Uh, out of all the rookies, oh, so yeah. I scored more than scored more than Steve Nash, scored more than uh, Kobe, scored more than most of them. I think the only ones that were more than me, I think, was Allen Iverson, Stephon Marbury, and maybe Antoine Walker. Oh yeah, at that time. Well, that's a that's a pretty good group to be a part of. So that yeah, that '96 draft class is, is very cool. So that's a, that's cool that you landed there. Um, and uh, there, there we go. Your memories from '96 and '97 as we go back and, and we, we're looking at uh, the uh, the years for Nebraska football as they pass. So uh, now we're, we'll start through now that but but we're always going to ask you. So now we'll get to kind of live through your career and see where it turns next. But uh, obviously off to a good start there with the Mavericks. Uh, let's uh, let's get into this too because I was I was listening to DP talk a little bit earlier and, and kind of trying to break down Nebraska's recruiting approach. And, and it just kind of, you know, they kind of started talking about something that made me think, um, is is the transfer portal going to end um, recruiting quarterbacks specifically how we've seen in the past, right? Like Adrian Martinez is the perfect example, but there are obviously plenty more where you have a, a guy that is very heralded. You bring him in as a freshman and basically just give him the keys to the program. And he's uh, that's who kind of you, you hit your wagon to uh, for better or for worse. And obviously if it gets too worse and then, then you move on from him. But there's been, you know, a lot of examples over the years of highly recruited quarterbacks Um and, you know, top names in the recruiting world just stepping right in and playing right away at the different schools. Now, it could be more difficult, right? We've seen, you know, obviously like a Justin Fields, um, if you step in on, in Georgia and Jake Fromm's already there, it's going to be hard. you got to kind of find your spot. But that kind of brings me to to my point now is that, like, even now there's quarterbacks out in the portal um, 
that, uh, you know, this year was just like a, a lot of them. I mean, you'd have to go through like 10 to 15 known names around college football, around college football fans, fans and certainly in college football circles as far as coaches go. To me, I, I think that uh, with this now being uh, available, we've seen the, the quarterback transfer market um, take off even more so than it had been before. Do you believe that you're going to see too many of these freshmen get an opportunity when instead you, you can grab a guy that's been seasoned, that's already played somewhere, uh, and you kind of know what you're getting? I mean, I, I think it's going to be few and far between. It'll have to be you know an absolute top prospect um, to get the keys to the program anymore. Um, I think you have a point, but I will say that I still think it is important, and I think still think that freshman quarterbacks will be recruited and cr- recruited heavily. Um I think the systems matter. I think your offensive coordinators, uh, who are whoever they may be, uh, once you get in, I, it's a it's a it's a tremendous learning curve. I, I, I think that's what's missed too. I, you know, they have good teaching in high school. You know, the systems can get pretty complicated for the for some part, but it's nothing like playing at the next level in college. And sometimes young young men get overwhelmed. And in that process, I think that what the transfer portal will do is it will create high and intense competition, more more so, right? So in the past where, like you're saying, you would turn the keys over to somebody and you you might, you, you could be stuck there for a minute, but uh, that's not the, that's not the, the way it's going to work anymore. I mean, I think now when you find situations where there's not a jail, there's not a fit, you think you get comfortable, you get complacent, you know, just know that somebody can come right on in here and, 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 and take your, take your spot and earn it. And it's something that we like. It's something that we've seen. Now we know what you, you bring to the table. And now we can bring somebody in that can either fit or fill the void or whatever the case may be, but bring their competition level. So I think it'll raise the bar of, of, football players, whatever position they may be playing in. I think it's going to raise the bar of their, you know, excelling and, and, and working towards excellence at the craft more so than it it would have been in the past where, you know, you know, a guy's leaving and, you know, you're that guy. And now that that's not necessarily the case. You can, you can be uh, replaced. Well, yeah, and it's going to be fascinating, too, to kind of see people's, you know, egos at play and, you know, it just, you know, the, uh, the the musical chair that we're going to see at quarterback at, at several of these schools. I mean, again, because we think of it with, with Casey Thompson, I would have been just so interested in that battle. If it, if it came down to Casey Thompson, Hudson Card, and Quinn Ewers, who they brought in, which ultimately probably led uh, Casey Thompson to the transfer portal, um, that's a, quite a battle. And it's not a battle of... Uh, of, you know, where there's necessarily an underdog. Certainly, Quinn Ewers is the big name there because of, you know, his name being the number one recruit in, in recruiting circles. Um, but, you know, those other two guys... And he's from Texas, too, you know. Yeah. I mean, he's from Southlake, so yeah. You know. But those other guys had experience, and I, and I think that that's right. something a lot of people are just saying, okay, well, Quinn Ewers is going to be the starter at Texas. Hudson Card was the number two uh, dual-threat quarterback his year coming out, so it's Texas. Yeah. I mean, they recruit really good players for what it's worth. Uh, you know, he, he came in and stepped in once in a while for uh, Casey Thompson when he had his injuries and, and didn't look awful. So, I mean, it would have been – I think it's going to be interesting to see how that quarterback battle plays out. But just when you look all across college football, uh, whether it's – you know, Nebraska had their own, you know, names that they were looking at. But, you know, uh, Casey Thompson, Adrian Martinez transferring away, Keaton Slovis, um, you know, Bo Nix. The names go on and on. I mean, these are well – you know, do you – I mean, at least – 
maybe you do know the the upside or I guess the ceiling maybe of a Bo Nix, but wouldn't you want to take your chances with Bo Nix more so than uh, the next high school phenom that you don't have an idea what he looks like at this level? Um, you know, it kind of depends on where your program's at, but I think that that's going to be the answer for a lot of teams. And, you know, I, it's kind of funny because we talk about the, the transfer portal and how it takes away, um, you know, it, it can, it can, you can get lost in there, right? You know, some guys can get in the transfer portal, think they're going to get a lot of the other options and they don't end up getting even any offers. And it's, it's destructive to their, um, you know, overall kind of the, you know, uh, to, to their life even, you know, but ultimately I don't see that as necessarily a bad thing. If you, um, you, you know, you're, it's up to you. You got to make the decision. And sometimes the coaches will, will kind of force you out of your scholarship or whatever. So it's not always the case. But, uh, you know, we, we've talked about just kind of the effect it will have on the classes going down and maybe it'll take less high schoolers out of there. But the scholarship numbers don't change. Who gets uh, who gets, uh, you know, a, a scholarship or who gets to benefit off of it might. And, you know, it might change the, the direction of their life, but it's opening up opportunities for other people. And, you know, it, it just becomes, you know, who's most qualified, who's who should be in those spots, I think are going to take a lot more of those. So, uh, you know, I, I, I think it's it's somewhat dangerous if you're in this position to look to the transfer portal for, you know, luck or to get out of the way and try to find a new home um, because you can get lost and you might lo- end up changing the direction of your life. But that scholarship's not disappearing into the ether. Somebody else is getting it that they, that they find uh, suitable for it. That's, 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 I mean, you, you pretty much laid out the groundwork on that, but yeah, that's, that's pretty much how it's going to go. I mean, there's going to be a lot of individuals that just don't fit. It's the same way in basketball. It's, it, and again, I, the, the transfer portal for me was built out of the recruiting process and the eye test. What ends up happening is, and this is, that's, we talked about why my company, I think at Cerebro Sports is, is you know, brings relevancy to the numbers because it, it begins to break down just what you see with your eyes and really add context to uh, a specific player. And it's the same thing in football. You know, when you go out and recruit guys, you're looking at, you know, their abilities, how they open up with their gate, what their um, their read and reacts are, what what type of route tree can they, are they capable of running? Are they over the top? Well, you know, you've got all these different things. And what will end up happening is you'll miss on the type of guy. You may be looking for a slot route runner and you're recruiting that guy. You're, you're looking for a slot, slot route runner to basically you, you're good on the outside. You're looking for a slot route runner. And, and at the end of the day, you miss. So you end up recruiting who are second, third, second, third, maybe fourth tier guys. You bring them in. They don't, they don't mesh. They don't fit with what you're actually looking for, but they're quality guys in somebody's system. It's just not right. your system. And that's why the transfer portal, there becomes frustration. Frustration then leads to, um, well, I don't want to wait. And then I don't want to wait. I end up going to another specific place. Or I'm not being used the way that is effective for me as a player. So, therefore, I need to go to where I can be used in an effective manner, i.e. Rondell Robinson. He got mm-hmm. to a place where you know he didn't want to play running back. They were using him in a running back. He wanted to get to a place where he can do what he does best and what he feels 
is the next level for him to be able to succeed in getting to the NFL. There you jump in the transfer portal. That's how this stuff ends up happening, man. And it's the same thing in basketball. You end up missing on guys that you specifically are looking for and then end up those guys become frustrated because they're not getting playing time. They're not basically fitting with the scheme. They may be offensive minded, a slasher, but they're looking for a three and D guy. And then there's frustration and you end up popping in the portal. That's, that's kind of, or you get overlooked. You find yourself on a division two, you find yourself at a, a low level mid mid major, and then you end up going nuts in the mid major division. So you jump in the portal looking to excel and move up. So there, there that's why there's activity like that in the, in the portal. Yeah. And I, I think it's going to be ultimately pretty good for football. I know a lot of, and basketball, I know a lot of people um, are wondering what the future holds Particularly more, I think, now in NIL, more so than the transfer portal. But it's going to work together in, in a sense of free agency. Um, but like you said, it, it's yeah. a better fit. And I think it also takes pressure off the kids um, to make that right decision in high school. That's a lot to ask out a 17, 18-year-old kid. Um, now you get this one free pass. If it's just not the fit, um, you can go somewhere else and play right away. Um, so I like that. I, I like that opportunity. It does Hold, you know, it, it hurts certain things, right? It, it helps flexibility, but it hurts maybe stick to itness, right? A lot of people don't like the fact that young yeah. kids will, you know, they'll transfer before their sophomore season because they're not getting the look that they wanted to. When in reality, you know, playing especially Division One football takes some time to build your body to be able to play in that situation. So it's not great well, for us. Also, but. as a also Bach, as a as, you know, as a coach, as a staff, right? You've got to yeah. also look. And you you you've got to become multifaceted in the way that you you look at recruiting, right? You know, you have to make sure you have foundational guys, and then you also have to look and, and understand that there may be turnover in these specific areas here. So we've always got to have backup plans that are always in place and in motion. So you've got to actually expand your recruiting uh, mentality as well. You've got to look at it from a broader scope. And in understanding that certain guys may pop in, if they pop in, you still got to communicate. So you've got to communicate uh, as well uh, and, and be on top of things that when they do pop, you got to be able to pop quickly uh, as opposed to in the past, you, you know, you can kind of let things kind of circulate and play out. You, know, you can't do that as much anymore. You got to be ready to move and, and, and activate quickly. Yeah. Off the text line, we always encourage you to text in 402-464-5685, the Sarder Heyman text line. Uh, someone asked, do you think everyone still hanging out in the transfer portal can't find a new school because of the players that received the extra year of eligibility from a couple years ago, the COVID year? Um, I think certainly that plays into it. it, it it's 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 a, an effect that kind of drops down and, and, and hurts, you know, again, some opportunities, some chances, because that scholarship is, is kind of stuck there. Um, but at the same time... That was a three-year. Yeah. That was a three-year. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I knew that would cycle out after three years, but it would be a frustrating process. Yeah, you know, after, you know, in three years, and and there will be some players that will not be able to get in, but it will make those lower tier teams better. We talked about that on the block some, yeah. some time ago. It'll make those mid majors better because they're gonna get four star talent, and they're gonna get those because they may not go to the place that they want to go to because there's somebody else sitting yeah. there. There's an extra player sitting there. There's a guy that was playing there. And you may say, hey, I need to go and get it in. I want to I go here and, and shine. And so, therefore, a lot of those mid-major teams, that's what made them a lot better. That's what made them more competitive. That's what made them be able to clip teams that are, are you know, you know, elite-type programs. And you get clipped because you've got guys there that are just as well and as, as talented as you. So, 
That also happens. Yeah. I, I would say more so in basketball and other sports as opposed to football. I think football is a little bit more unique in that process, but. Oh, yeah. yeah it but it was also interesting. I mean, last year you had guys, uh, you, you know, your two starting safeties wouldn't normally have been able to play last year. Um, so it was kind of cool because it, you know, it it allowed um, opportunities for those guys to to better improve their stock and, um, you know, mm-hmm. just get an, another year in. Um, I, I do find it kind of strange, I, and I'll, I'll long maintain this, that they gave the NCAA basketball players an extra year of eligibility for mis- for missing the tournament. They played the whole season. Uh, and except for the NCAA tournament, the season was over for like teams like Nebraska. Nebraska lost in the Big Ten uh, tournament. Uh, of course, that was a, a crazy night. You had ex- you know Husker football players <laughs> playing on the basketball team. Fred Hoiberg's sick on the sidelines. We're all worried about the bre- outbreak of COVID and stuff. Um, but still, they played the entire season. I don't know why that season was just wiped from the boards, but it is what it is, and it's not something I'm too too overly mad about or anything. I just didn't think it made a whole lot of sense. But uh, like I said, it yeah. kind of just is what it is. Um, but uh, we will take a break here on the block. Don't go anywhere. We've got plenty more coming around the corner. Uh, I did want to hit on the transfer portal just for a second too with the college basketball uh there's a lot going on there um so i'll just kind of run through some of those storylines also the xfl is trying to take down the usfl already we knew there was going to be a rivalry there the plans are in place uh so we'll talk about that next year on the block of 93.7 the ticket